to the Two Way Players Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Bosarch. Tonight, we are starting our NBA preview podcasts. We're starting them up. Uh, we're going to break this down into a couple different tiers. There, there are tiers in the NBA. I don't know if you guys know that, just like in every other league. And we're going to break them down one by one. Um, I'm going to give my thoughts on every single team in, in the NBA, even the ones that we're going to be talking about tonight, which are the teams that are already tanking. Okay, season hasn't started yet. They're already tanking. That's our first tier. We'll get to that here in just a second. But So uh, we're going to break that down here in just a little bit. Um, first things first, why would a team tank so early, right? Now, granted, no, no team is going to say that they're tanking, okay? Uh, you know, I like to think that some of them would just be honest enough about it, but they're not, okay? They're not going to admit it. They're going to say they're going out there. And they're trying. And look, the players are 100% trying, and the coaches, for the most part, are 100% trying. It's the front office. So when I say a team is tanking, it means that the, the front office is purposely putting bad players or players that don't fit um, or young players that don't have a lot of experience on the roster so that they lose games, right? And they want to lose games so they get a, a great pick. Now, this year, there's a guy by the name of Victor Wimbanyama. Wimbanyama, I 100% butchered that. Uh, Victor Wimbanyama, I'm just going to call him Victor. Uh, he's a French monster, and he's going to be in the draft next year. And he is the kind of guy that can 100% change uh, an entire franchise's outlook. He, he's like seven. Let me get the exact height on this guy. He's seven two, um, two hundred nine pounds. He's obviously got a you know could afford to put on a little weight, uh, but he's a French national guy and he is an absolute beast. He can step out and knock down shots. He can roll to the basket. Uh, he can score in the post. Uh, he's a defensive menace because he's you know got arms that can touch the ceiling while sitting down. I mean, he's he's ridiculous, right? So. If there was ever a, ever a season where a team could you know, make the argument we need to tank, it's this season. Because even if we only have, like, we're only giving ourselves just a little bit better of a chance to get that pick, it might be worth it for, for this guy, Victor. He's he's insanely good. He, he's like Giannis, but maybe, like, in terms of coming into it, Giannis coming into it, he wasn't the number, overall, you know, number one overall pick, Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? This guy is because he's Giannis length, except longer, and he looks to be already more polished offensively than Giannis was, and maybe Giannis even is, which is saying something, because I think Giannis is the best player in the NBA. So, yeah, that's why teams are, are already tanking, right? And, and I've got a few that we'll go over here in just a second. Um, now, all the teams that I have in my already tanking tier, none of them are pre predicted to have uh, 25 wins, according to Vegas. They're all under 25 wins for their, their, their futures totals. So I'm not going out on a limb with any of these picks, but I do want to kind of talk about these teams. And I picked five teams, okay? I'm going to start off by going with the team that I think is, when I think of tanking, you know, this is the team that I that I think of. They automatically come to my mind. You know, it used to be the, the uh, Sam Hinkie Sixers. Right, trust you know the process and all that, but now it's a different team. So uh, here we go. Here's our first team that we're going to preview. The Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay, the Oklahoma City Thunder are already tanking. They've been tanking for years now, um, and they've been stocking up picks on picks on picks, 
And eventually, I think they're going to turn those picks into some players. Let's talk a little bit about their team, though. If there's anything positive to say about them, you know, we can look at their current roster. They have uh, SGA is the first guy I think of, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Only problem there is SGA seems to already be banged up. I don't know if he'll be ready to start the season. I would not be surprised at all if SGA, you know, starts to kind of try to force his way out. He may already be doing that. Who knows? Um, but SGA is a, you know, fourth-year player, I think, out of Kentucky. Guard, big, long, can shoot it, can score it, can defend. You know, has had a little trouble staying healthy, but some of that is I don't I don't know if Oklahoma City really wants him to play <laughs> because he, you know, because he, he wins. He helps you win games. So why would, you know, a team like Oklahoma City want him to play? It's ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous, but it's the way it is. It's the way that that organization has been running recently. Um, I also think of a guy like Josh Giddy. You know, this will be Josh Giddy's second season coming up. He was a fun six foot eight guard that they have. Um, you know, one of those playmaking type point guards, right? Um, they got Lou Dort, three and D guy. Everybody loves Lou Dort, man. You cannot not love Lou Dort. He's a big old guard. He's I think he's only six three, but he's strong as an ox, man. He 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 can he's actually knocking down a lot of open threes too last year. And he got paid. He got paid. And he got paid like eighty seven million, I think, over five years. So they 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 like Lou Dort. I I don't. I don't really know, understand why they necessarily extended him so much, unless they think he's going to be a part of that that future build that they do. So maybe they do, but I like Lou Dort. Uh, other than that, like I, I don't know, Chet Holmgren's not playing this year. You know, that's the other thing I'm sure people want me to talk about. Chet Holmgren um, was the second overall pick. You know, long, you know, skinny as a rail, uh, but he's already hurt. He's already hurt. So. You don't get to watch that. You don't get the excitement of that. He and honestly, look, if you're the Thunder, he helps you win games. So it's probably for the best for their their grand plan that he doesn't play. So um, it's a little depressing to talk about the Thunder because they they have players that I think are interesting, and if you put them alongside some veterans that actually you know would help win games, they could be a fun team. But you know what? One place NBA teams seem to not want to be is in the middle, right? In Oklahoma City, I guess, their thinking is if we just keep tanking, eventually we're going to hit on a guy like a Victor Wimbanyama or Chet Holmgren, and that's the kind of star player you need to win a title, right? So I, I think that's really all there is to say on OKC. Um, I am going to watch Josh Giddy this year. I am going to watch... Um, Lou Dort, right? But with no Chet Holmgren, and, and you know they're going to try to lose, and I don't expect SGA to, you know, to start the season um, on, you know, playing and healthy on the roster. And I wouldn't be surprised if he asked out. So it's like, it's just not a lot to get excited about with with the Thunder. And, and hopefully that changes soon. Hopefully they they hit on a pick that they want to hit on, and they start actually trying to build a winner. Because I have friends that are OKC fans, and you know, they don't. They don't have a whole lot to root for right now. So um, that's going to do it for our Oklahoma City Thunder Talk. Uh, their win total is uh, 23.5. I, I would honestly go under. I, I don't see any reason that somebody should expect them to win 24 games. Against who? They don't want to win, number one, right? So, nah. The Thunder are already tanking. Uh, and, yeah, that'll be it for them. Uh, next team. Next team. Let's see. Who we got here?
The Houston Rockets. All right, we're going to have some fun with the Houston Rockets. I, I am much more excited about this team than I am the Thunder. Um, because I, I really do think that the Houston Rockets are going to put some fun players on the court this season. All right. Uh, let's look at uh, a couple things with the Rockets. Their win total, you know, is the, the same as the Thunder, 23 and a half. Um, I don't feel great about them exceeding that either. However, I think there's a little bit better of a chance that they do it. Um, also, they just got a lot of guys that are, that are a whole lot of fun. And I think they made a pick in the draft. That fits perfectly with what it is that they uh, that they need to get done to really kind of I don't know start going in a direction of winning. Right, this past year they tanked and they got Jabari Smith Jr. in the draft. Um, my boy out of Auburn, um, and Jabari is going to be instantly, in my opinion, the probably from a defensive IQ standpoint, from a defensive build standpoint. You know, the best player on that side of the ball for the Houston Rockets. Um, they have a lot of guys that can they can score. They, they, that is not going to be a problem. Just having dudes that can go get you a bucket. That is, that literally, when you think of, of Jalen Green, <laughs> right, uh, second-year player um, for Houston, that's what you think of. You think of a, a dude that will just go out there and get buckets. He is an extremely talented player, okay? Um, I don't necessarily know if he's a winning player just yet. But he's a he's a very talented player, and he's I think he's going to be great. He reminds me a lot of Tracy McGrady, um, just you know long, can shoot it, can score inside, and I think he's got a little you know a little edge to him. You know I think he's a competitor, just for some things that I saw last year. So big fan of Jalen Green. Um, who are some other guys they got? They got uh, Ty Ty Washington and, J- and Tari Eason are two more rookies that they got. I, I like both. I think they're going to bring a little a little defensive edge. To that team, which is again, you know, I think Houston kind of understands. It, it seems that that way, anyways. With the picks that they made in this last draft, they understand what they need in terms of starting to point this team into a more of a winning direction instead of a stockpiling talent direction. Which is what uh, you know, my kind of my big problem with OKC is they've got enough dudes that can score. Like they've got Kevin Porter Jr., uh, another uh, dude out of USC that can just go score. Uh, on anybody you know they've got um josh christopher another young guy that can just go out there and score they needed guys like jabari smith who yes jabari can score but i think that's probably what's going to take a little bit longer to to come for him you know at the nba level um they needed guys like jabari that are no nonsense that are you know that are you know leaders can can do things on the other side of the basketball and they, they don't necessarily need that you just throw him the ball he doesn't need to have the ball he can shoot it um, off of a drive from a Jalen Green, you know he can finish around the rim on a missed shot, you know. So, uh, just I just really like the additions they made, and they actually have a couple veterans, man, which I think is important. When you have a bunch of young guys, and you don't surround them with veterans, it can go bad real quick, right? But they haven't done that. They've got um, a Mo Harkless, who I'm not like a huge fan of in terms of his play, but he's a vet, you know. He's been around a while. Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon can still play, and he's a. I mean, this is like his. 15th year in the league or something like that, right? Eric Gordon's uh, still a good player, but, you know, he's been around a while. Derek Favors, another guy. He's been in the league for double-digit years. So they've got a couple of veterans I I really like, um, you know, just to kind of mix in with those young guys. So, no. Do I think Houston's going to be good? No. I don't think they'll win 23 games this year. Um, 
but I, I'm I'm more excited to watch them. Number one, because Jalen Green, I think he has superstar uh, upside. Um, and then you know guys like Jabari Smith, who I think will bring a little bit of maturity. As crazy as that sounds, considering he's 19 years old, <laughs> but it's going to bring a little bit of maturity to Houston. I I really think that's going to be the case. So I'm excited. I'm excited for uh for Houston. And imagine if they're able to get you know Victor Wimbanyama. Wimbanyama. I really don't want to mess this guy's name up. I'm just going to keep saying Victor. Imagine if they're able to get Victor. Put that guy next to Jabari Smith on your front line <laughs> with Jalen Green coming downhill on offense, man. Houston could get real good in a hurry if they're able to get a little luck in the lottery next year. So I'm excited about Houston. I think they're going to be really fun, uh, even this year. Even this year. Um, all right. Who do we have up next? Utah Jazz. Okay, I'll full transparency. I don't understand how the Utah Jazz have a higher win total, even just by one game, than any of these other teams that we're going to be talking about in this tier. Um, this team is going to be so bad, so so bad. Um, and I want to quickly talk about the current roster, and then I want to just not talk about them anymore. If anything, we'll just pour one out for the for the Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell era of the Jazz because, man, again, it went bad real quick. Uh, so let's look at their current roster. All right. Um, Colin Sexton, who I like, you know, Bama boy. Uh, this is going to be, I think, his fifth year in the league. Um, Colin Sexton's a guy that they got in the Donovan Mitchell trade, um, their second huge tank trade that they made uh, in the offseason to kind of blow up, you know, what it is that they had going. Uh, Colin Sexton is a very athletic guy. He's a scorer. I think he's a better defender than what he has shown to this point. The problem with Colin Sexton is he's six foot one in a guard in, in a league where you know defensively, you know guards, you know the really good defensive guards are usually a little bit bigger than that. But you know he's a competitor. Anybody that's seen clips of him from high school and at Alabama, one of my favorite clips of all time is when they played that team in college and they had like three players. I don't remember who they were playing. Um, was it like uh, like Cincinnati or something? It was, I don't know, it was a random non-conference game, but they had like three players, Colin Sexton, two other guys. There was like a uh, an issue with the bench where they all got thrown out of the game or something. And it was just Colin Sexton and two other guys. And they went crazy. Colin Sexton was going like one on five. It was it was the best. But anyways, I love Colin Sexton. Okay, so that's that's a positive for the roster. But other than that, I'm looking at it. You know, they got the young guy, Walker Kessler, my, my, my boy from Auburn, who, you know, at some point can probably be a decent, you know, uh, stretch five. They can, you know, block shots and stuff like that. But he, I don't expect him to be a good NBA player this year. Um, you know, they have Jared Vanderbilt, who's, a you know, kind of a good defensive, you know, uh, forward. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, there might be something there. They got him from the, you know, from from the Lakers. Um Jordan Clark, I, guys, I'm I'm telling you, there's really no point in talking about this team. They don't have anybody other than Colin Sexton and Clarkson that can really really go out there and get their own their own points. They don't have anybody that's going to create for others. They're not going to be good defensively. Um, you know, they're just going to be really bad, and they want to be bad. Again, they're tanking. And let's talk about what they did to to reach that point. All right, um, they traded Rudy Gobert for all the picks. All the picks, right? They got pick swaps and first round picks and all kind of stuff. All right, they, Dan, uh, Danny Ainge, 
you know, he's the guy in charge in Utah now. He got everything he wanted from a pick standpoint. And he also got Walker Kessler and, you know, a couple other things. But, you know, that's a big deal because Rudy Gobert is a, you know, I, I like to pick on Rudy Gobert. I think he's a little overrated because I don't, I think when it comes to the defensive stuff that he does, yes, he's a great defensive player. But I think when you get to the playoffs in the postseason in the NBA, you know, he's a guy that can kind of be picked on a little bit. Maybe not as much defensively, but, you know, offensively. Teams just leave him, right, um, offensively. And uh, and they try to they'll go like five small guys, and it makes Rudy come away from the basket. And it kind of I don't know. He still does a better job defensively than a lot of the guys that Utah had on their roster, but he's just a guy that I don't think is as good in the postseason as he is in the regular season, right? But look, he he had a great career there. He 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 scored a lot of points for those guys. Um, you know, he was the the anchor for that defense. They 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 had a one they had a one seed. You know, one of those seasons. So it was it was a good experience, I would say, for uh, for Rudy Gobert in Utah and for their fans. Um, but a lot of disappointment when it comes to the postseason, for sure. Um, the other guy that they traded, Donovan Mitchell, who um, is a young guard. I think everybody really really wanted him when he, once it became clear that he was available. The Cleveland Cavaliers were the only team that seemed to be willing to give up the picks needed. To, to get Donovan Mitchell. And we'll talk about Cleveland, you know, on a different podcast because they, they're actually pretty dang good now. But um, but Donovan Mitchell, man, the, when I think of Donovan Mitchell in the in a Utah jersey, I'm going to think about that bubble, that bubble playoff run. Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray. Just two, you know, up-and-coming guards, combo guard type guys. Are they a point guard? Are they a shooting guard? Nobody really knows. They just go out there and get buckets, right? Um, I will always think of Donovan Mitchell as the guy that a lot of people try to compare to Dwayne Wade, right? Like D-Wade 2.0. The problem with that is he is not and never will be the defender that Dwayne Wade is. I don't, you know, offensively, maybe, maybe one day. But he's not, he doesn't hold a candle defensively to even like an average defensive player in the NBA. And that's the biggest problem for Donovan Mitchell. And honestly, it's as big of a problem for, for the Jazz as... uh as Rudy Gobert was, you know, his issues. Just the fact that teams could just go right at Donovan Mitchell with no resistance. And and it made life hard on, on everybody else. So, you know, not to not to kill Donovan Mitchell too much. I would love to have him on my favorite team, the Miami Heat. But because um, he's a dynamic scorer and I think he's a great competitor. But he's got to play better defensively because he didn't do that in Utah. If, if Cleveland can get him to take it up a notch. Because crazy thing is, man, coming out of Louisville, Everybody thought that guy was going to be a great defender, you know, but he hasn't, he, he just hasn't done it in, in a couple of years. So anyways, Bogdan Bogdanovich is another guy that Utah uh, has traded away. Uh, so pretty much the only guy that I think is left from that like little era of Utah basketball is Mike Conley. And that's because n- nobody's taking Mike Conley off of them, you know, with that contract and, and the years that he has left on it. And the way he played last year. I love Mike Conley, but man, he was bad last year. So anyways, pouring one out for the uh for the Utah Jazz, man. They had a nice little run, but they could never get over the top. They decided it's better to just blow it up, I guess. And uh so we'll see if it works out for them. They're gonna be very bad this year. I can say that for uh for a very confident fact. They're gonna be really, really bad because they wanna be bad. Because they're already tanky. 
All right, who do we have next here? We have the San Antonio Spurs. Really interesting discussions to be had about the San Antonio Spurs because not a team that you typically would think of when you think of tanking teams just because they're the Spurs, right? Championship organization, Greg Popovich, arguably the greatest coach of all time. What are they doing in this in this segment? What are they doing in this tier? Um, well, all good things come to an end, <laughs> you know. So the Spurs have been bad for a couple years now. Um, and when I say bad, I just mean like below average, not like in a total embarrassment. But this year they are going to be, from at least from a win total perspective, a total embarrassment. All right, they're bottom of the barrel, twenty three and a half wins, just like some of these other teams. And if you look at their roster, you can see why. Okay, they they don't have anybody. Keldon Johnson might be their best player. They traded away uh, Dejounte Murray to the Hawks. Right, got some picks in return, and you know all that jazz. They've got Josh Richardson, um, you know, who had some success with the Heat early in his career, but has not had much success since. You know, uh, they've got some older guys like a Gorgie Jang and the Doug McDermott. You know, uh, so they got a couple vets, but they don't really have the punch. They don't really have any, like, exciting young players. They have Josh Primo out of Alabama, who they drafted, a really young guy. He's only 19 years old. Um, but I'm looking, like, wh where's the excitement? Who's the player that you're going to build around if you're the Spurs? And they don't have it. And that is why, honestly, they're in this tier. That's why they've constructed the roster the way that they have. That's why they got rid of DeJounte Murray. They want a shot at victory. If the Spurs are able to get, you know, a, a, a supreme talent like that to build around, they'll be back to their winning ways because the organization is still top-notch, in my opinion. Um, you know, I don't think Pop, Popovich will be around to coach that team. You know, I think he'll retire before. Then this might end up being his last year, to be honest. But, um, no, I, I still think that's it's a good organization, and, just from a but from a current roster perspective, they're they're just not they don't have anything. And, and that's why they've taken the route that they've taken. So I expect them to actually I think the Spurs are gonna be my pick for the the worst team in terms of record standpoint. I, I think, you know, Popovich is gonna do his best, those players are gonna do their best, but even more so than OKC, they don't have any anything to really build around. Keldon Johnson's a good solid player, but you're not building around Kelvin Johnson, you're just not. He's he's a role player. He's going to be a really good role player one day, you know, for a good team. But for this team, no, I, I don't see it. So definitely, um, they belong here. The Spurs belong here, but they won't be here for long. You know, they'll they'll get a couple good players uh, over the next couple years, and they'll they'll that organization will find its way back to the top. I firmly believe it. But it won't be in 2023 because they are already tanking. All right, last team. Here we go. Last team for the uh, the already tanking tier for 2002-2023 in the NBA. The Indiana Pacers. All right. So let's talk about the Indiana Pacers. I really debated this one. I wasn't sure if I wanted them to be in this tier or the next tier up. So that should tell you already that I think this is probably the best of the bunch. Okay. But I'm looking at their roster and I... I still think, just looking at it, that they're already tanking. Um, 
they definitely have the best chance to smash their win total of 23.5, in my opinion, um, because of some of the guys that they have on the roster. So let's just talk about it. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, it all starts with him. Uh, the very talented guard out of Iowa State. Tyrese Halliburton, um, I don't really understand why the Sacramento Kings, other than they're just, you know, the Sacramento Kings, why they traded Halliburton uh, to to the Pacers, because that's the kind of guy that I feel like the Kings should be building around. But good for the Pacers. They got a guy, a guard, that fits this, you know, the current NBA in terms of, you know, what he brings. He's six foot five, long arms, smart, can shoot it, can score, can defend. Really, really exciting player to build around if you're the Pacers. Um, they've also got Chris, Chris Duarte out of Oregon uh, that they got a, a year or two ago. He can really shoot it. Um, I like Chris Duarte. He's a, he's a young player, but only you know in terms of NBA experience. He's actually 25 years old. So Chris Duarte, I think, is going to be a, a winning type player pretty soon. Um, the interesting thing is they still got you know Buddy Hield. You know they still got Miles Turner. They still got a couple guys that are like you know T.J. McConnell. They got a couple guys that I think are a little too good for what they're trying to do here. You know I, I and I and you know if you've been following Miles Turner in his career, you know you realize that he's a guy that's been in trade talks for a while now. Um, I'm actually really surprised he's still on the roster. It must be because they just haven't gotten what they think he's worth, which is fair because he's a he's a kind of he's another kind of big that that fits the current NBA, right? Long, six foot eleven, can shoot the three, can block shots. He fits next to a lot of you know uh, front courts in the current NBA. So I understand why they haven't gotten rid of him, uh, why they haven't traded him at least. Um, but just in general, um, this this Pacers team, I think, is a little too good, and I think they're probably going to be one of those teams that'll make a trade uh, at the deadline. I expect Buddy Hield and Miles Turner in particular, to no longer be on this roster come trade deadline. Uh, you know, they just, they clearly, you know, just from what the, the other moves that they made in the offseason, they clearly don't want to win. Um, they clearly are already tanking. But I do think they have a better, you know, starting point than some of these other teams with a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. Um, so I like what the Pacers could be, you know, in, in the future. But this year, they're going to be bad. They want to be bad. They are already taking. All right, that's it for our first tier. All right, uh, later on this week, we will put out another NBA pod. Just sprinkle them in throughout. Uh, you know, we're, we're really deep in it with the football season right now. So um, we'll, keep, we'll keep producing content for that. But we're definitely going to sprinkle in some NBA tiers and, and sort of preview every team before we get to that opening day. Um, I'm really excited to actually talk about good teams that actually want to win. And so we'll do that on the next one. But had to show a little love to the to the tankers of the bunch. So uh, that'll do it for today's episode. Y'all have a wonderful day, and I'll catch you on the next one.